Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. If you're the leader at a payer, a provider, a health tech VC, or you're, you're starting a company, or you may just run a, a yoga studio, nothing's too small, nothing's too big. The most common thread here is a passion for making people healthier in this world. And along these lines, I'm really enthused and excited to have on the show today, Drew Dostal at um, Ogallala Hospital. Hopefully I didn't butcher that, but Drew is the CEO of the hospital, uh, Ogallala Hospital. And uh, he's going to share his story with us, his passions, but I'm not going to steal his thunder. Drew, thank you so much for making time and welcome to the show. Thanks, Anthony. I appreciate you having me on today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Drew, I, I love origin stories. I love to hear how people got started and how they started focusing on health. Maybe you can start off by telling us a little bit about your origin story. You know, what led you to become the person you are today? Maybe the series of events, you know, where did, where did it all get started in terms of a, a, a focus on health? Yeah, I appreciate that. So, um, you know, it, it was one of those origin stories that kind of took a long time to unfold in my life. <clears throat> my mom actually was in healthcare when I grew up, and that was back in the day when you had a, a designated EKG technician, and that's what she did in Indiana in a little clinic uh, called huh. the Arnett Clinic in, in Lafayette. So, um, you know, as, uh, as I grew up, I watched her work in that, and she always liked that, um, that line of work. My dad, on the other hand, was a plant physiologist, worked at Purdue, and um, so we had the science piece as well. Um, but growing up, I always had a passion for sports and things like that, and that kind of led me into the service, and uh, I went in the, in the military, in the Air Force, and I, I worked in law enforcement, and um, I really enjoyed that, actually. I, I got into um, the, the SWAT team side of things. This is back in the old days when we had law enforcement specialists in the Air Force, and now it's all one big security force. But um, we, uh, we had the opportunity to do some special training, so I thought, I really want to do that. You know, I really want to, I want to do this on a bigger scale. So as I got out of the military, I thought, I'm going to go in the DEA. So I started talking to them, and they said, well, go get some education first. So I went back to school, and... Um, it was really, I, I don't, it was, a, it was a guiding hand of a stronger force, I tell you, because I didn't know anything about healthcare uh, other than what my mom knew. And I had a guidance counselor that told me, gosh, you scored high in these areas of aptitude. Why don't you think about nursing? And I said, well, that sounds great. What is that? And um, <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't know either. So we both, uh, we both had to kind of discover that whole piece. And uh, um, in the process, I, I finished my nursing degree and um, met a beautiful woman who decided, you know, she helped me decide that yeah, maybe nursing is a better route for me than the DEA. So mm -hmm. um, uh, wisely, I went down that route. So I really spent a lot of time in a moderate sized hospital in mostly around Ludington, Michigan. And uh, it, we had about 87 beds in the hospital and I worked in orthopedic surgery most of my career and in the ER as well. And uh, kind of came to that crossroads where I decided I have to either increase my clinical knowledge, go back to med school or something, or I need to go into leadership or something that I can have a larger effect on what's going on in healthcare. And I chose leadership. So I, I came up through the ranks that way. Nice. Nice. 
No, I lo- I love the story. It's your story, and and it's it's great to see the the spectrum of of elements you went through across your career so far, right? And it's exciting to see that you know the leadership role you are in today. You're probably focusing on a lot of innovative things in health, some exciting things in health. And I guess along those lines, I'd love to hear a little bit on one or two things that really have your passion these days in health. Like what what has your fixation? What are you excited about most? And I know there's there's probably a lot, but I'd love, love to just hear more about like one or two things that really has your attention these days. Yeah, well, I think my key passion right now is for rural health care in that um, I, I'm Obviously, the hospital I'm at here in Ogallala is small. We're, we're only an 18-bed critical access hospital in a community of about 5,000 people. So um, I, I'm, this is the first time I've ever been exposed to that small of a hospital, and I have learned the kind of quality people that you have to have to make this thing work. Um, so I've really become pretty passionate about uh, rural health care, and what excites me is that Rural healthcare is actually something that's being talked about nowadays. It seems like a few years back, it was hard for us to get an honorable mention from any of the people running for president or any of the uh, the elected officials. And now I think, gosh, it's really something that they want to talk about and figure out how people in rural communities are going to have access to care in a few years. And and uh, as with these physicians, you know become a more mobile group and they don't stay in a practice for 30 years anymore. Now they're all employed. Um, how does that look? How does, you know, how do I wrap my head around that as a, a rural person who's always had, you know, the venerable doctor who comes here, runs his practice, retires and sells his practice to the next doctor who stays 30 years. So right. um, I'm really enjoying that aspect of it. And I, and the discussions are amazing. And I think that a lot of innovation has come, uh, from that, from those discussions and, and, you know, just look at where we're headed with telehealth. And uh, I don't think that we would be even talking about it in such a forward way if it wasn't for some of these rural communities that uh, some of them are far worse off than mine. Um, right. They don't have anyone. So um, right. I think it's really cool to see that we're trying to figure out a way to make sure that we have access for everybody. And that that's really taking up my time. And- and it's yeah, and it's super exciting. I guess what I'd love to hear, uh, you know, at a deeper level too, is you know maybe some of the programs or, or you know kind of like rural health in action. You know, what's a what's a another example, or maybe it's a telehealth example that you see that's really pertainable to what you're you're focused on these days. But you know, what's another program or project or initiative that you're working on or or seen in place, and maybe at one of your peers' hospitals. Or you know, on the rural side, that that is uh, gaining some traction. Just love to hear more of like a day in the life of uh, of it in action. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that we struggle with, and it was identified, we just did our um, community health needs assessment update, and uh, the community pointed to the same problem we had even back in 2016 that we've been trying to solve, and that's access to behavioral health practitioners. And in Western Nebraska, anyway. There aren't any. I mean, we, we there are a few. I mean, we do have a lot of good therapists, but as far as psychiatry goes and um, even inpatient units, they're far, few and far between. So right. um, we're just like anybody else. A huge population that comes to our ER and to our clinic, they're suffering from behavioral health issues as well. So we're trying to leverage the telehealth platform, uh, and we've done some telephonic communication support here locally, um, it's called the Banner Total Health Program, and it's through Banner Health. We're, we're in a 
a Banner Health Hospital. So right. um, it's a follow-up series of phone calls that we're offer, offering people who have a certain level of anxiety and depression. And we've seen some really great strides with this, so much so that we're trying to um, push things a little bit further and actually bring uh, an element of outpatient telehealth, not just telephonic support, but telehealth, and then also something for our emergency department um, to support the providers there because sometimes they don't know what to do with these people and they might, um, you know, they, I, they feel like they're putting a patch on it, but they're not really helping with a deep-seated problem and we really need to get there. So we want to be a good partner for our community um, uh, partners out there who already do behavioral health and they're inundated. So we want to support them any way we can. And that's one way we're looking to do it. Nice. Nice. No, that's exciting. Exciting to see. And, and congratulations on, you know, what, what, what you're, you're having occur here. Um, Drew, I'd love to hear. Um, so a lot of these, these topics, right? Rural health, telemedicine, um, you know, reaching out in, in dynamic ways and engaging the community, engaging patients all serve as a really great foundation. I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, how you're thinking about the future of healthcare. Maybe tell me a little bit about your vision of the, the, the world of healthcare that we're marching into. What do you see happening? What do you see getting better? You know, why do you see it getting better? So I just love to hear more about, you know, the future of healthcare, the way you see it. Well, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there in healthcare that are, we're a nervous bunch anyway, but we're, we're very nervous about um, the, the new talk about Medi- Medicare for all. And um, I think this is an opportunity, though, to make healthier communities. If, if we do go that route, and, I, and I'm trying to remain super positive about what could come from this, and right. um, if we go the route of Medicare for all, that is a great opportunity for um, the government, if they're going to get that deep into it, to actually have a big effect on the responsibility that people are taking uh, upon themselves. So mm-hmm. um, what an opportunity to help hospitals figure out and cure population health to make sure that the people who are receiving these services um, are doing everything they can to make sure they're not using up the services for future generations. Right. So um, I'm super excited about, um, I know those discussions are happening. Um, and we have some really great representatives for healthcare that um, are doing exactly what I hope they would do is be open-minded, but yet whatever we decide to do as a country, let's have the best outcome that we can have. So right. um to me, that's that's kind of exciting, and I know as a rural healthcare person, um, it, there's a lot of disparate health uh, populations, even in a small community. So, right, um, reaching them, boy, this is a great opportunity, and I hope we capitalize on that. I love it. I love it, Drew. I guess I guess uh, along those lines, you know, we've talked a little bit about telemedicine. We talked a little bit about you know, outreach, engaging patients, engaging the community and, you know, the dimensions that the rural side, you know, brings into the space. But um, to make healthy communities, obviously, you know, you're, you're thinking, you know, it's about optimizing the mind, body and spirit of, of individuals and treating people as humans, as citizens, and obviously contextually, right, as patients and what their, you know, discharge instructions and what they're focused on you know, based on their condition, right? But what are some other key elements do you see to making healthy communities? Like how, you know, sometimes the economics don't really support hospitals really giving a lot of programs out for the community. And sometimes it's hard to finance, hard to do. But, you know, what are some other key elements that you see that are critical 
to make healthy communities. What what is a healthy community, you know, and how do how does a hospital play a role in, in manifesting a healthy community? Yeah, that's that. There's a lot to that question. And <laughs> there's like that's like so 17 gonna, questions in one. <laughs> I'm gonna just gonna take a little bite of it. So, sure. Um, sure. one of the areas that we struggle with, and there's been a lot of press um, around this uh, in our even in our local area, we've had um, some some different folks that have covered this from the press side. But um, housing is an issue. We don't have mm. a lot of housing here, and I know that they're trying to. You know, our area development crew is always trying to figure out how can we build um, this community to what it used to be and what we know it should be. It's a great place. So right. um, we don't have houses. So um, they're working on different, they're taking all kinds of avenues. And the hospital has been a partner to them to actually figure out what's our part? How do, what do we play in, in trying to figure out this whole housing issue? And, you know, we've supported some... Um, some building projects that have happened, there's no benefit to us other than the fact that we know it's the right thing for the community. There's no, it's not like there's an ROI for us on, on giving money to somebody to, to make a building. So right. um, uh, I'm excited to say that we have had a couple of really good projects that have happened out of that. So mm-hmm. um, we're not the only community doing that. I know a lot of my colleagues out there have very similar situations and they're trying to take the uh, a leadership role in that. And a lot of times in these communities, we're the largest provider, or sorry, the largest employer. So right. um, we have a vested interest. If we want to keep attracting good people, we need to make sure they have a place to live. So right. um, I think if we could solve that piece too, um, that's just another uh, little rung on the ladder to get us a little higher to make sure that good companies are wanting to relocate to these rural areas and keep yeah. jobs. Hospitals will be strong and schools will be strong and it all works in tandem. So yeah. That's my, it's like my, it's all my thought circle. on that. Yeah, no, I appreciate exactly. that perspective. Yeah, it, it does feel like it's all connected. It's all circle. And, you know, for to see health go up, other pieces need to be invested in and that affects housing, employment. And so, you know, lots of dynamics to get those economics right. But, you know, it does feel like a lot of things that we've been talking about so far here are, you know, great foundational pieces. And obviously, you and I know this isn't a market. This isn't, you know, the change in healthcare isn't something that happens overnight. So there's a balance of uh, patience, but investing in the right programs and efforts. Um, and so, well, and, and it's great to see that you guys were focused in this area. Um, I have one more question uh, because I want to be sensitive to your time. Um, you're, you've been in health for a while. Uh, I'd love to hear about maybe one thing you do on a daily or weekly basis that, that really keeps you healthy, feeling good. Um, just love to hear of any like interesting, not, it doesn't necessarily need to be interesting, but just something that works for you that keeps your engine going on a weekly or daily basis. Um, well, you know, besides the things that we should all be doing like exercise, which I'm, <laughs> I try to do, I try to do daily, but, uh, right, some days, right. um, what really regenerates me and this comes from my my nursing soul is mm. I visit with patients an awful lot and right. uh, I try to catch them in the hallways. I catch them in the front lobby. I catch them in the room when they're an inpatient, if I can. And right. um, that re-energizes me a lot because it, uh, in Banner Health, we have identified um, what we picture as all in air quotes, um, our ideal um, patient or the person that we're really trying to, to minister to, if you will. So um, we, we call her Sophia, and uh. 
Um, so we refer to our patients as our Sophias. And um, mm-hmm. that's what I try to do is remember every day that this is ultimately the reason why we're here is because when they come through our doors, this is not their best day. We need to do what we can to make this somewhat better for them any way possible. Right. 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 I love so it. That's our goal it. here. I love it. Drew, this is, well, so thank you for sharing this. Uh, thank you. Well, a couple of things. Thank you for sharing your time with us, your origin, uh, your passions in health and the version of health that we're marching towards in the future. Really appreciate your work in this space. And if our listeners would like to get a hold of you, what would be a good way to do so? Uh, just drop me an email. It's uh, drew.dostal at bannerhealth.com. Super, super. Well, Drew, thanks again for, for doing this. Thanks for being on our show. Thanks for sharing your truth with us, your story, your passions. And uh, again, this was great. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Anthony. I appreciate it. It was fun. Thanks so much. Same here. Much appreciated. Okay. All right.